Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of RD and the Inbetweens. It's Kelly Priest here, and today I'm going to be talking to one of our PGRs, Lena. Now, Lena started her PhD at a really odd time, so just a couple of weeks before the start of the pandemic. But the reason that I wanted to talk to her is actually because her PhD is a, is a collaboration between the university and an external partner. This is a common thing in these days in terms of funding, but it presents particular... Uh, situations and challenges for the student in working between two very different organisations. And I was delighted that Lena was happy to speak to me about this. So Lena, are you happy to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, good morning. Thank you for, for having me in your podcast, Kelly. Um, so my name is Lena. I'm finishing the first year of my PhD um, in um, the business school, but I'm based in the ESI, so the Environmental and Sustainability Institute in Penryn. Um, and my PhD looks at how indigenous entrepreneurship, so um, more specifically cocoa and coffee growing, can empower forest communities who perform um, these activities. And more specifically, I'm interested in how these activities are supported by external organizations such as NGO um, and how these organizations play a role in the empowerment processes. So yeah, I work uh, in directly in collaboration with uh, an NGO called Cool Earth. Um, so they are based um, on the um, Penryn campus as well. And they're a conservation NGO um, whose founding principle is that um, people who live in the rainforest should determine, should determine their uh, own future. So Cool Earth creates projects for sustainable livelihood creation. Um, and those projects can contribute to forest preservation and climate change mitigation. That's great. Thank you. So actually, the thing we're going to talk about today is the experience for you of working between the university and the NGO. So I guess it's a good place mm -hmm. to start is how how did that come about? So how I guess how did the do you know much about how the collaboration between the NGO and the university came about? And then what kind of led you to become interested and apply for the project? Um, yeah, so I applied for this PhD position in July 2019. So <laughs> it's been quite a long time ago now. Uh, and on the project description, there was no direct mention of Whole Earth. Um, the project was only talking about um, food security issues within indigenous communities um, in Latin America. And this was um, a topic I was very interested in because at that time I was doing... Um, a master's degree in food policy and previous to that I had done a, a master's in international development and I had looked um, for my thesis uh, um, at the question of the preservation of indigenous intellectual property so uh, it was very um, in line with my interest so then I emailed the main supervisor to ask for more information I got in touch with the main supervisor of the project uh, who is Stefano Pascucci and he explained to me that this project will be a collaboration with 
with Cool Earth. So this was already decided. Um, and actually, when I took uh, the interview, there were two people from the University of Exeter and two people from Cool Earth. Um, so, okay, so the the relationship and the NGO were really embedded from the beginning then, if they're part of the interview process as well. Um, yes, so um, I guess uh, at the beginning, uh, we, we took a, a really inductive approach um, uh, to, to this project and I mean the pandemic happened two weeks um, after I started the project. Yes, so the plan at the beginning uh, was uh, to collaborate with Cooler. So from the beginning I was supposed to work in their offices two days a week so I could get to know them and get to know their project and after the plan was to go to Peru because they have project there. So the Latin American project they have are in Peru. Um, so I was supposed to do this exploratory trip where I would meet with the community school Earth partner with, and we would have um, come up with a research topic that would match everybody's interest. Um, unfortunately, this was not possible because um, traveling to Peru uh, was not an option. So what I did was uh, very much and to tighten my links with Cool Earth, uh, so trying to understand their project through Cool Earth itself and not the communities um, with the plan of going to Peru in the next few months. Uh, so kind of, yeah, adapting my approach. Um, and this was made by me attending most of their team meetings they have. Uh, we also have meetings where we only talk about my research. Um, I also present my research project and how it evolves uh, quite regularly to them, um, to their team in the UK. So the team I was talking about based in Penryn, but also to the in-country team they have in Peru. I think the the shift in the project there is really interesting because I can I can sort of imagine that the dynamic and the relationship between you, the researcher on the research project, mm -hmm. and the organisation had to shift quite considerably if you're going from kind of researching the projects and the communities that they work with mm -hmm. to actually researching the organisation. Yes, uh, so that that's a very interesting point. So so at the beginning, my unit of analysis was supposed to be uh, the communities themselves. But since I, I have this embedded approach, uh, as you said, that I came to really um, uh, try to understand how Cool Earth worked and what was their theory of change and what were the challenges they were facing, um, I shifted my approach. And now the unit of analysis is more the network uh, that Cool Earth um, created and is creating with its partners. So it, it really influenced my approach. It also changed the topic of my research. So as I told you at the beginning, it was very much um, so food security related and more specifically was linked to uh, sustainable agriculture um, and agroecology. Uh, but early on, I realized that there were issues with this, um, this topic. Uh, first of all, in the sense that I couldn't go to Peru, as I said before, so it was very hard for me to understand what was happening there uh, exactly on the ground, although um, coolers gave me very um, interesting and in insight on what was happening there. But the second problem I had is that um, I'm a PhD student in the business school, and it was made clear to me for, um, uh, by my supervisors from the beginning that I had to bring a contribution to the business or the management literature. So I tried to 
to shift the topic so that it would please uh, both coolers, the business school, my supervisor, and most importantly, that it would be a topic that I would be passionate about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, simple as that, really. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it took a long time. Uh, a lot of, it was a, yeah, a very iterative process, a lot of conversation. What was great was that there was always a connection between my supervisors and Cool Earth as well. So we had meetings where we would all talk together uh, about my project. So communication, I think, was very important in this process. And I mean, this I think this is part of the PhD research that you have to constantly adapt. And I consider myself lucky because, I mean, I started the PhD really two weeks before lockdown. So I, nothing was set in stone yet. I could really adapt. It's not like I had planned already. I had my tickets for Peru and I had to change everything, which would have been uh, way more complicated. Of course, there's a there's a couple of things I want to pick up pick up on there in terms of relationships. So um, the first one, if we're kind of sort of, you know, focused more on the kind of topic for the minute is about your relationship, therefore, with the organisation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you've talked about being kind of embedded in it. And, yeah. you know, the idea was that you'd spend time in their offices. Obviously, that has happened I imagine in a, in a very different yeah. way during the pandemic but I wondered if you could talk about kind of being a, a embedded or being a part of the organization but also researching the organization and what's that what that's like for you as a researcher but also what how that kind of how that affects your relationships with the people in the organization how you navigate that does that make sense yeah yeah sure so it's funny because this concept of embedded research, I actually um, found about it quite recently um, when I was, so I was working on my upgrade and I was having a conversation with one of my supervisor, one of my supervisors, sorry. And she told me, um, but actually what you're doing is, is embedded research because usually what a researcher does is preparing and having this phase of literature review and then going to the to the field uh, but what happened uh, for me was I, I dived into the field from day one uh, and I hadn't really realized that for me it was something natural that had happened and actually this position has a lot of consequences um, on the approach um, towards the research project and it has benefits and challenges so um, I would say that so the main, the main benefit that you have is that you're really able to build those uh, trust-based relationships with the other members of the team. So uh, you, you understand what the work is, but also who they are as person. So you can really bond with them. Um, and I, I think it's a very important element of, of research of building this, what is called rapport. Um, you can also gain deep knowledge uh, on the organization. It's not like you look... Uh, at their website, you really understand how they work from an internal point of view. And I think this is also very valuable. Um, and this allows you to build a project that I called action oriented in the sense that uh, I really endeavored to ensure that my research priorities were in line with Cool Earth interest and that I was, I was coming up with a project that could really inform their future uh, strategies. Um, I mean, also it's, it's going to be an academic work, but I, I really wanted to be um, demand-driven. Demand uh, 
Um, we also had the opportunity to um, to work on a variety of projects that are not necessarily related to my to my research, but we're working, for example, on a crowdfunding application together or on um, a conference abstract. So we have those, those side projects that are, are very also interesting for me. Um, and I would say that it's also super nice to meet with people um, during the pandemic because otherwise I don't have a research group. So it would be very much uh, me, myself and I. <laughs> I mean, meetings with my supervisors, of course, but those weekly meetings I have with Cool Earth um, have been very important for my mental health as well. Uh, the, this comes also with some challenges and especially since you were men mentioning my relationship with the organization and how... I can manage that because I'm researching them at the same time, which can be quite tricky. Um, so in terms of ethics approach, first of all, it's very hard to, to uh, manage that because in the when you're going through the ethical review process, you don't have to start data collection before having the approval. So all the information I gathered um, until now, I'm not going to use it for my research as data. I'm going to just use it as a way of building my research project, but then I'm going to do formal interviews with Cool Earth members. And I already told them that everything they had disclosed um, with me previously, I, I wouldn't use it uh, for, for ethics purposes. So you have also to be aware that there might be the temptation of, of um, thinking, oh, I heard this amazing thing during a meeting, that would be great if I can use it, but no, you can't. So this is something you really have to be um, careful about. Um, as I was saying, I also tend to very much focus on trying to come up with a project that's helpful for Cool Earth. And uh, since I have those very uh, tight links with them, Sometimes I tend to forget that I also uh, am a PhD student and I have to bring a contribution to a specific literature. So uh, it's kind of hard to be in the middle um, sometimes. So I, I try to uh, remind myself and my supervisors are, are here for that as well. And um, also I would say that the last element is that I really feel that Coolers members, they trust me and they value my opinion. Um, so sometimes, I, yes, I, I share with them my thoughts or um, some notes on academics reading I had, but I feel I lack the legitimacy to really um, be able to provide any advice because, I mean, they have been there for a long time. Um, they know the topic, they know the communities, um, they have tight relationship with those communities and, and I'm... Only, I have only been there for 12 months and working from home. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it's, uh, I, I feel a little bit like that. But otherwise, it has been um, a great experience. It sounds really fruitful. And I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about the sense of connection with people that working in this way has given you, particularly during the kind of the UK lockdowns and the coronavirus pandemic, because yeah, the impact on your mental health, I think that that's a really interesting mm -hmm. facet and kind of added extra of this. So you've talked a little bit about kind of making sure that the research project is useful to the organization, making sure that it makes an academic contribution. So sort of satisfying your supervisors in the university, but also making sure that it's interesting to you <laughs> as a researcher. And I sort of glibly commented when you mentioned that, oh, it's as simple as that. But of course we know that it's, it's nothing like. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how 
how you negotiate that kind of almost that triad of expectations but also kind of triad of, of what people want out of the project and how what the challenges are with that and maybe a little bit about how you've been negotiating it yes sure um so I, as I mentioned before, I think one of the key points was to have this communication uh, with both my supervisors, so my academic team and coolers, and even um, between them, they can communicate. So it's not just me telling to the other, oh, they have told me that and uh, doing this back and forth thing. We have really a group, I feel it's a, we are a group and we, we all have a common goal and we want to uh, create a project that is um, interesting for all of us. So I, I think it's, it's important that we are all on the same line. Um, also from the beginning, Cool Earth members um, told me that they were really open on their, their research topic as long as it was relevant uh, to their project. So they really gave me this freedom and they didn't impose a list of topic I should uh, focus on. Um, so yes, uh, after I think what mattered for me is that I try to get in touch with other PhD students uh, or postdocs to ask them about this process of reshaping their research uh, um, topics, because I know this is something that happens a lot um, uh, for PhD programs. And I, I thought it was interesting to have the, to the experience of my peers and a lot of them told me, um, well, first of all, think about yourself because it's you're going to live with this project for the next now three, but it was four years at the beginning. So if you don't like it, if you're not happy to to read about it, write about it every morning, then it's not going to work out. And this is something I had kind of forgotten at the beginning because I really wanted to comply and to be sure I was ticking the boxes but then yes as the month uh, came along I, I thought okay um, I have to find this balance and I have to find this topic that also pleases me and something I'm passionate about um, so this took really a long time I, I started in March and I came up with the final idea in November um, and my supervisor, they had reassured me from the beginning that it was normal. It was going to take a long time. So you had to be to get lost in the, the literature jungle um, and then uh, see uh, which angle you wanted to to adopt. I wanted to draw us to a close by asking you if there's uh, another potential PGR out there who is looking at doing a piece of research that is working between um, a university and an external organisation, what advice would you give them? What would you sort of tell them to consider? Mm. Yeah, so how to be a good embedded researcher? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, that, that's an approach I would definitely encourage um, as often as possible when it's it's relevant to the, the research topic. Um, I think what's important is to be clear from the beginning of what the collaboration entails and what it does not entail, um, even to have it written down. So it's, it's clear between the researcher, the organization, but also the supervisory team. Um, and I think what makes for me th this collaboration very fruitful is the communication between the organization and my supervisory team. Um, I think it's very good to have th this contact so to ensure we are all on the same line and there are no 
there are not two agendas growing side to side. And because I think this is the one thing that can be very challenging for, for researchers. Thank you so much to Lena for sharing her experience with us of working between the university and Cool Earth and the unique challenges um, there are between working between the university and industry partner, but also doing that and starting that during COVID. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between.